Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I didn't go to gym in high school. I was in ROTC. I did, when I got out of ROTC, I was ready to die for this country. I joined the military and got in one of the most violent jobs you could get. I was blown, I was field artillery. And, and it's nothing that, it wasn't that I wasn't smart enough to get another job. I didn't want another job. That's what you wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. And then I came home and some white dude called me a nigga. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> what, yeah. what part of the game is this, dude? <laughs> Do you know the shit I would do for you to be able to stand here in front of me and talk to me like I don't matter? Yeah. Right. That's Mr. Nigga to you, <laughs> sir. I. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that the vitiligo on Winnie Harlow's body is, in fact, a map to finding Tupac. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you lay out all of Winnie Harlow's spots, you will find where Tupac is living. Some people say Cuba. Some people say the Philippines. I say turn to Winnie. Stop trying to figure this out on your own. Let's talk to Winnie about this shit. Let's take a picture of her naked body. And that's not just because I want to see what it looks like under there. That's because I want to see where Pac is. Anyway, I'm your host, Langston Kerman. I'm coming in hot as always, ladies and gentlemen. This is not how you should behave. This is, I, I gotta do better. But you know who doesn't need to do better? 
you know who's doing just goddamn fine he's spectacular is my guest today he's hilarious i've i've known of his work for so long and it is such a pleasure to have him here and more importantly he has a brand new special coming out on youtube it's called lockdown detroit i know it's gonna be funny as fuck you guys are gonna love him please give it up for robert hi <laughs> what's happening baby what up, man? Hey, man, I'm a big fan. Every time I hear that open, I'm like, man, this is funny. This is like one of the things, like one of the movies you watch and you find something that you missed before. Every time sure. I that, that thing is so funny and amazing. Oh, thanks, man. This dude, Nick Chambers, who's a very funny comedian, made it. And one of the things that we talked about when he made it was we wanted to put as many Easter eggs in it as possible so that when people listen back, they're like, hey, I didn't know you were saying that. And that's pretty fucked up, but I'm glad you said it. Anyway, <laughs> play, the, play the intro again. I, I'm excited you're here because you came with a conspiracy theory that is, ooh, it, it when it came out, when when it touched ground, for the the folks at home, it caused a lot of controversy. It was a very jarring conspiracy theory, to say the least. And I, I don't want to I don't want to belabor this anymore. But you said my mama told me. Slavery was a choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought it abs absurd when I heard it myself. You know mm -hmm. <laughs> in, my mind, in my mind, what was the other choice? You know sure. I mean? You know, that it, it, it makes the assumption that one should have jumped off the boat had they right. had the chance. You know, like right. a few people probably did and, and not enough. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody could get there. You dig? So yeah. I'm saying, and not everybody wanted to. So I, I'm saying, like, for me, when you say it's a choice, now I would tell you this. This version of slavery that we're living through now is a choice because uh, okay, we got to let this whole capitalism, we got to pimp the beast. If we're not yeah. going to beat capitalism, if this is where we are, we got to start buying from each other. We got to start promoting each other. And, you know, and that's where my head is. I'm like, well, it may not have been a choice before, but it's one now. So when we go out and do what we do, because we always excellent at everything we do, whatever you choose to be your discipline, I'm telling you as a person of color, you are outstanding. And particularly if you black, because mm -hmm. we all know we work in circles where we look around and it's the only person that's keeping this whole bullshit together. Some little black <laughs> and, and one of them uh, hounds two skirts that's a little too tight with a nice pronounced <laughs> ass that make your day as a black man go by a little bit better. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So you're unpacking a lot of shit here that I think uh, I want to I want to take a few steps back because I I think you're getting to something that's really important here. But you're saying uh, let's start with where you first heard this. Let's let's even take a, a step further back from where we are. You hear slavery is a choice. Who is this coming from? I think we all kind of know where we first heard it. But I'm wondering if maybe you got like a cousin or some shit who said it to you. And then... Okay. Metaphorically, you hear it all the time in the black community. Well, if okay. you didn't want this to happen, you shouldn't have did that. That's that's essentially slavery is a choice. Like, you right. know, you don't have very many choices when you don't have resources and capitalism. And nobody ever wants to say that. Not even the black community. Like sometimes we act really funky when we see somebody with less than us and we act really, you know, standoffish, especially if they not lost, if they haven't lost their minds. If anybody, right. if anybody poses no threat to you, what you looking down on, you know? Mm -hmm. But, but besides that, if it, if it is a choice now and in my mind, I think it is because we, we know we have a pattern of behavior from these people. So we know what right. we have to do. 
right? We don't we don't have time. Okay, everybody fucked up. Everybody, we got to heal, heal, heal. And I'm going to do what I can do to help you heal. And the best thing I could do, being who I am and knowing what I know, is that I'm going to start doing commercials for black businesses. Mm-hmm. If I can make people believe that a, a store that does not exist, if people want to want to go to that, then I'm going to make them come to your shit. So that's why I'm right. asking people to hit me on Instagram or whatever. Find me, catch me. Now, there's way more y'all near me, and I procrastinate a lot because I smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> but when I get to you, this shit going to be amazing. You dig okay. <laughs> I got you. So you're saying you heard it, and it's not literally your cousin told it to you, but a metaphorical cousin, a family member, a, per- a member of our community sort of expressed the thought. And your immediate response is not to go, shut up, stupid, you're completely wrong, but to start to reason with some of that perspective. Absolutely. Find the truth in it and, and reconcile with that truth. Don't reconcile yeah. with the bullshit that they are trying to get you to reconcile with. Or don't fall off on the idea. And, and this is not a criticism of the dude who said it because he suffers from the same thing we all suffer. And we got to start grading each other on the curve. You mm-hmm. If you truly say you love yourself, yes, you start with you, but you start with the greater you. You dig? Right. They love themselves and they keep those images around you all the time. I'm a storyteller, baby. I pay attention to all this shit. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, I, it, it, they tell their story all the time. But why is it when you tell yours, you got to shut up? You the racist. You know, that's, right. that's the insanity to me. So I just well, want us all to realize how wonderful we are and the nuclear weapon that we have. Sure. And I, I think I think what you're saying is really interesting, but it also, I guess, is complicated to me. Right. Like it's not in a bad way, but in a really like important way that like we should unpack. So we're talking about sort of recognizing the greater consciousness in black culture and sort of like a an idea of unity, creating unity. Do you feel like, and I'm just going to drop the name because we haven't said it yet, but fuck it. He's go- we're going live with this shit when Kanye comes out and he goes, 400 years of slavery, that sounds like a choice to me. Do you feel like that has a potential for unifying? Do you feel like when that, or is that something that divides even more then it we already are divided. I guess I guess the best way for me to answer that, especially on the weed that I'm currently smoking, because <laughs> what you what you asked me is a fairly complicated question. It, yeah. it, it gets to the nature of the exact entire thought, and my answer to that would sound vague, but it's honest. It's it's a plus and a negative to everything, right? So yep. it does unite us, even if it unites us against him. And but mm-hmm. in addition to that, it also lets us have the conversation we are currently having. There is complication in black black consciousness that we need to reconcile amongst ourselves. Now, they need to fix racism, but we need to fix the effects because they're never going to give the effort to. And and, and, and I say all this coming from the perspective of look at this background. Dude, I was a correctional officer. Lockdown Mm -hmm. is about my experiences trying to be the only dude that was partially woke because I wasn't fully woke. I was in my 20s. You dig what I'm saying? 50-year-old me could tell you, man, Langston Kermit, nigga, you stand out. You understand what I'm saying? And and I can yeah. tell you that because I know everybody in your family probably stand out at something. Because everybody in our great, even the worst of us, even, dude, I, I lived in Inglewood. I still, my family's still in Inglewood. On mm-hmm. 67 in Damon, it used to be this store called Sherman's Foods. And it was a bum that would stand out in front of that store and entertain to get money to get drunk. 
And when I tell you entertain, he wasn't trying to entertain. He was just entertaining by being himself. You walk right. up to the dude, we would get him to buy us drinks, right? Because we wasn't old enough. But as we was coming up, he'd see us coming. he know what we want, but he still give us his sales spiel. Nickel, dime, quarter, penny, nickel, dime, quarter, <laughs> penny, quarter. Because he's going to keep hitting the quarter because that's what he want. That's he what he needs. You a, a little bit of a show that don't cost you shit. Yeah. That's who your people are. And then they got yeah. you believing your people are these animals that we act like based on the shit that they've done to us. Okay. So, okay. So what by that suggestion, then what you're telling me is that while Kanye's words had the potential to divide at in terms of the way people interpret it, what we really should be focused on is this is a dude articulating or introducing rather a conversation that needs to be had. And we shouldn't spend as much time trying to nitpick his language because his language is still the product of a bunch of evil people who built a evil thing that's fucking us up. Absolutely. Do you not think it's having any effect on this dude? Like, like everything, my, my God, my beautiful people, mm-hmm. everything on this planet has a goddamn cost. Now, you listen to this shit Kanye was making in the beginning. That shit was amazing. And some yep. of the shit now is amazing, but it got a cost to it. That that mm-hmm. shit is fueled by a pain that a lot of people can't understand. And those of us who can should get a nigga a break. God damn, right. he gave you college dropout. Leave him the fuck alone. Let him sit over there and stew in this bullshit for a minute. God damn. <laughs> So you're saying, and I think that's fair. I do think that one of the the more fucked up things that the media does is it forces us to have an immediate opinion without an immediate consideration, right? That like, all right, he said some wild shit and we react to the wild shit instead of reacting to the human underneath the wild shit, right? Like we're not going like, let's be sensitive to Kanye's struggle or what he's he's dealing with. Let's just attack the words that he's saying. And historically, the nigga doesn't talk good. You know what I mean? Like he that's that's literally his his fucking weakness is talking. You know what I'm saying? So like what are we doing when we we go and we go, you idiot, you fool. Why would you talk bad in front of famous? It's like, yo, that's that's what he's worst at. Man, man, hey man, let me tell you a real quick story. Just real quick sidebar. I love my yeah. mom. My mom, light-skinned woman from Bell's on the Mississippi, Southern Bell. Everything has to be a certain way. You yeah. can never show weakness if you are from the South and you are a female, but particularly if you light-skinned. And so she had to, she, she watching that, uh, the girl that was on, um, God damn, I can't think of the child name, man. I smoke so much blood. Um, the lady that, <laughs> the young lady that she was, a, she's a singer and she, I don't know if she won uh, American Idol or she, Came close Fantasia. to it. Fantasia. My God, you'd have thought Fantasia had spit in Jesus' face when she uh-huh. said, I couldn't read. My yep. mother called me because, you know, she knows I'm in show business. And she yeah. called me, and this is some don't tell nobody type of conversation I have with my mom. I'm spilling tea <laughs> right now, okay? When she see this shit, she's going to be mad as hell. But she called me. Well, and she was, I, I, I have to assume your mom is not an avid listener of this podcast, so you're going to be fine. It you, doesn't matter. I know enough people that's going to get it to her. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was angry when Fantasia said she couldn't read. She was like, he done went out in front of all these white folks and then told these people she can't read. And what right. I heard was, 
So the system has failed this girl to get to this point where she can't read. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what she's... I'm saying fix the fucking problem. Let's stop yes. dealing with the symptoms. You know what I yeah. mean? That's the way my head is. And that's such a... It's such a complicated duality that we always are sort of living in, right? On one angle, you you should... We should be fucking celebrating Fantasia for making it all as far as she did to the top of the, the charts not knowing her ABCs this entire time. <laughs> she didn't know none of them. And she made it that far. And there's a level of that where we should go, that's amazing. That's a heroic story. But then on the other side, because we find ourselves sort of buried under decades of respectability politics and, and you know, wanting our best version of representation, it just ends up being, this stupid bitch is out here announcing. <laughs> you know, oh my God. Right. Telling the world that she's illiterate. This is this is embarrassing. <laughs> she's shaming us. How how great do you have to be before people acknowledge that you're great? You know what I'm saying? Right. How great do you have, especially when you're black, when you're white, they mm. name airports and shit after you racist ass. But if you black, yeah. how great do you have to be? I'm saying like, man, man, we get caught up in bullshit. That's so amazing to me. Again, I don't have, I don't care what your sexual preference is. I don't care who you are, how you do it, and how you present when you doing it. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I'm looking at the person behind it. And um, mm -hmm. and so when I heard, I, you know, I read Richard Pryor's book. And then Richard Pryor had, had some, some sexual experiences with people other than, than women. And, yeah. and I heard a lot of dudes being judgmental. I'm like, these are cats who admire the dude. Like, you're going to yeah. reduce this man's entire humanity to some shit he did in seconds. You know, like, yeah. I, I understand your, you know, a lot of people got moral compasses, but what is your moral compass based on? Yes. And I, I think it also is a standard to that point. It's a standard that we place on our fellow black folks that we don't always place on our white counterparts, right? Like if, if today, if it came out that like, you know, Bill Gates still counts with his fingers. None of us would be like this stupid motherfucker <laughs> embarrassing the white community by by announcing that he's not that good at math. We would just be like, I, I mean, what a phenomenal human who also, you know what I mean? It's Albert Einstein who like is suffering with autism and struggling to, to communicate through major portions of his life. But we still celebrate his journey past that instead of looking at, at, at that as some sort of weakness in his, in his state, in his being. And I think in a, in a fair way, I think what you're saying, and, and this is getting us back to the Kanye of it all, what we're talking about is a person who has a mental illness and who struggles with articulating a lot of the complicated thoughts that live in his head and sometimes finds himself with eight feet in his mouth, despite the fact that that was not necessarily the intention that he went into that conversation with. At all. At all. I'm saying love yourself, man. Love you. When you get up and see Langston Kermit in the mirror, be, be able to admit that you stand the fuck out. That these yeah. people should honor the the ground that you goddamn walk on. Because honestly, man, we descend from people that gave them a 400-year head start. Now, right. you could tell me, you could tell me that I say this to everybody. You could say that, but what you can't tell me is where I'm lying. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? 400 yeah. years. Dude, this country leads the world based on your black ass. 
They looking for yep. ways to harness the power of the sun. We walking around in it like we got it already. We showing you. You ever, yeah. man, dude, look at how P-Funk, the whole concept. <laughs> dude, that shit is amazing. Man. Yeah. That's, I'm yeah. just saying, man, enjoy your greatness, live in it, stew in it, and keep making excellent shit. Let me, let me play a little devil's advocate. Because I, this is, this is the nature of the beast, baby. We got to I, I like what you're doing. You're being positive. You're uplifting. You're encouraging people to start to see the beauty in the world. And all of that's important. But fuck that. Let's play some devil's advocate in this conversation. <laughs> I'm curious, I guess, how you feel about some of what Kanye is saying in relation to his connection to whiteness. Right. That like he is saying these statements in front of white people. He is going home to a white wife. He is seeking white affirmation. We see this constantly in sort of like the choices that he's making of like he wants Louis Vuitton or Prada or all these like white companies to affirm that he is a good person. Do you think that that complicates what he's saying? Or do you think we should just stand on what he's saying, despite whatever he's dealing with on a personal level? I'm saying what I said from the beginning. The um, equation always comes to the same conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. Everything you describe to me, I'm hearing as who in America don't feel that way. Right. Who in America don't feel like, like who black in America, even. If, OK, if you got to work around these people to get your dough in capitalism, you need yeah. their approval. If you don't have it, you can't exist. Right? right. And so that is that is not just him. That's all of us. Now, he just got a bigger platform to act it out and a mental illness to amplify it. But it's the same. Right. shit. And to me, at the end of the day, it all points to the same shit. Now, when I say this, I'm probably going to be canceled. But it uh -oh. all... Cause Wait I, a minute. I, the, people, <laughs> the people that I work for don't always look like me, but I, I love them. They love me. In my interpersonal relationships, I do not have problems because I'm pleasant and I see the pleasantness in other people. But honestly, yeah. man, all of this shit boils down to just one thing, white supremacy. Every problem yep. you tell me a nigga got, I can do the math to lead back to white supremacy. And oh, so, see, wait a minute. You thought that was going to get you canceled? Because that's pretty much the premise of this show. Right. That's not well, going to get you canceled. Like, you know, it's the white it. folks I be around here day be like, <laughs> I can't believe he feels that way. Because I don't walk around with a goddamn brand saying, fuck this, fuck this. I'm showing yeah. you fuck this. I'm not saying fuck this. Right. Yeah, I, I do think that this idea... Of, of circling back to white supremacy is a valid one. I do think that, like, if we turn to the, the education and the history, our relationships with these things, there's plenty to, plenty in this country that would lead a person to believe, whether I consider it right or wrong, could lead a black person to believe that they needed white approval in order to gain access. And Kanye, I think, is just a reflection an amplified, to your point, an amplified reflection of that sentiment. Do I think it's it's cool all the time? I no, don't. I sit horrible. back and I go, chill, nigga. Like, right. come on, bro. Like, stop. But then on the other side, I go, yeah. But if he isn't sort of like raised in a system that teaches him all of these things, he doesn't come to that conclusion independently. He's not. He's not a psychopath. He just is a person being trained in a fucked up sort of like pyramid scheme, if you will. 
Dude. Yeah. Dig it. I, 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 I have, I have the same issues that everybody else had. I was taught to get a job. I was mm-hmm. taught to be a protector. Man, I was in the army. I, as soon as I got out the army, I didn't want to do that shit no more. I didn't want to be a part of that shit no more. But I had family members who were workers. And it's like, boy, you better get that job. And it was an easy yeah. job for me to get. I got it and realized how much fucked up this shit was. This was, I started in jail in 1994. I started in jail in 1994. I was 24 years old. And when I started there, they had just signed the crime bill. Now, all these right. jobs are available. All these jobs are available. Who you think come to get these jobs when we just got through being a recession? And it right. changed everything in that jail. Like, I, when I started, it was one way. And by the time I was there for two or three years, it was a whole other different animal. Right. And when you say a different animal, are you saying it changed for the, I have to assume, not the better? It had to have changed. But maybe it did change for the better. Maybe it did transition into something where y'all felt like, well, at least people that look like us are. No, 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 I can't assume that. Yeah, it was exactly the opposite. When it wasn't paying, then there were no white folks working there. Very few. Right. But soon as the money starts, you always got to follow the dollars in capitalism, baby. And and, mm-hmm. and then when the dollars stop flowing in a certain direction in capitalism, there will be a reason that they tell you they stopped. And there will be an actual fucking reason. And if you yeah. want to know what the truth is, just follow the money. That's all mm-hmm. you ever got to do when dealing with America and American brand capitalism. That's fair. I I guess one of the things that, that and I want to ask one more question before we go to break. One of the things that you keep sort of pointing to is sort of the failures of capitalism which I 100% agree with. I think we've created a system where, and it's one of the the major sort of like intentional flaws is the wrong word because it's very intentional in its structuring is that in capitalism, somebody for somebody to be as wealthy as, you know, a, a Jeff Bezos gets, a million people have to be poor. That's just a fact of the system. It's, there's no way around it, right? I guess one of the things that keeps popping in my head though is Kanye couldn't be a more avid capitalist, right? Like that motherfucker loves capitalism. He would suck capitalism's titties if capitalism pulled him out right in front of him. And I wonder what you do with that feeling in relation to what he's saying. Well, capitalism is the reality. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Capitalism is the reality. And for me, I I, I can't, I, I, it's hard for me to gauge what it's like to be where Kanye is because I'm not that, I mean, not in that space, right? Sure. So I could explain it to you better had I been in the space. But the, again, the bottom line is still the same, right? The bottom line is still the disease that is capitalism. But I did. Even in that, if that's the reality, if that's what we got to be at, then let's get mm-hmm. from where we are to where we want to be. And so that's what I see in Kanye. Like, well, fuck it. If this the game, I'm going to win it. And then I'll teach. And then I'll do whatever else. Right. So this isn't him so much uh, uh, shaming a bunch of people historically, but more being like, look, this is where we are. And if y'all don't do something about it, we will continue to stay at the bottom of this really fucked up system instead of figuring out a way towards the top of it. Man, dig this. We as a people attacked Ice Cube. And I did. (laughs) I'm not saying a nigga didn't make a mistake. I'm not saying that, but he ice cube, nigga. Before you finish that sentence, I thought you were going to say ISIS, but nope, you went to ice cube and I'm excited. Keep telling me more. Yeah, I'm just saying the nigga that, hey, come back. We're going to get mad at that nigga. 
Come on, right. baby. We can do better than that. Find out what the nigga talking about. Go find out what he's what he doing. Find out what's going on with the brother. Find right. out why he did it. Don't just attack. Find out why he did it. Because you know we on the same bullshit. We know right. we're stuck in the same bullshit. So find yes. out they posi- just because their position is higher than yours don't mean that the bullshit ain't thick. You just more right. comfortable so, as you dealing with the shit and you closer to the bastards who created. Right. So when Ice Cube asks, are we there yet? We need not parse out why he's asking that question. We need to ask where the there is. I hear you. <laughs> I'm seeing what you're putting down, baby. I get it. <laughs> the dude is brilliant. I'm just saying. The, dude is, the funny comes out of his pores, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Robert Hines. More My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that 3 hour philosophy show Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And. We are back. Ready? Ready? Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's bumpling time. Cool. 
Yeah, we're back here with more Robert Hines, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about the possibility that Kanye wasn't completely out of his gourd when he said that slavery was a choice, that there there possibly was a level of truth to it that we unreasonably attacked when we uh, when we called him a, a fool and told him that his clothes look like homeless people clothes. That's where we're at in the convo. I'm excited. I I, I want to get into this research because I think there's a fair amount of of complicated shit that sort of I unpacked at least in my findings as as I thought about this subject. But one of the things that I think will help ground the research is to remind people that the original quote that came from Kanye actually came from an interview he did at TMZ headquarters. He was talking to that Harvey. And Harvey Levin, ain't that his name? The little wormy guy who who drinks out the juice box all the time. You know, he, he was talk- giving, getting steroid up every day. Yeah, he's that, that's, that's very true. He's like a weird buff. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's not an, a buff anybody aspires to. It's just sort of like small and muscly. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I gave an effort. That's <laughs> Okay, so the original quote that Kanye says is, uh, when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. You were there for 400 years and it's all of y'all. It's like we're mentally imprisoned. Mentally imprisoned being, I think, uh, a key thing that sort of got cut off in the original sort of quote. Now, I don't like the quote. I'll be real with you. Not a fan of the quote, <laughs> but I do think the the at least the slightly longer version of the quote does give some context to what he was intending to go for in his initial conversation. Exactly. Exactly. I I I, I mean, the quote is still a garbage quote. I mean, even like you shouldn't build a sentence around the concept of having a choice to go through <laughs> this type of hell versus what. You know what I mean? Like that yep. shouldn't be the the that should never be the undertone of the thought. But at the same time, we all are victims of the same shit. And we yep. all have it and we show scars differently. That's why I'm I'm getting to be one of them old dudes. And it, and it happens to you all of a sudden, brother. You're gonna look back like, God damn, this shit happened fast, right? Yeah, and, what, yeah, yeah. and what you find is that when you truly love yourself. You look past your personal flaws. You look past the people around you, personal flaws. And when I hear like dudes, I'm saying, I wish a brother would pull his pants up. But just because they ain't <laughs> pulled up don't mean I can't talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Right. You need to know that you love no matter what. And maybe if I show you enough love and show you enough example, then you'll pull them up on your damn own. You see what I'm saying? Stop dealing yeah. with the symptoms. Deal with the cold. I like that. I I do think, you know, that was the the we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but the famous sort of like Cosby the the speech he gave where he like shamed black people for having too many kids and not pulling up their pants and all the shit that he said with Spanish fly in his pockets was <laughs> was more Hey, you like he had to have a full pocket filled with Spanish fly. While he was like, "Pull your gun!" All right, I got a lot of so. money and a lot of pills. <laughs> Who's the most <laughs> <laughs> fucking sicko? But that said, he isn't in any way, to your point, talking to the humans that need to hear it. He's talking to the people who have already decided they're above the the position of those people. And it's like, oh, if he could take a minute 
to figure out how to actually just talk to people, then maybe they're just going to be like, yo, you know who I rock with so hard? Bill Cosby. And I like him so much. I'm going to pull my pants up to my belly button the same way he does, because that's the example I want to live by. And I don't have to have someone tell me that I can just see it in my own world. If you want to fix the problem, then go to the root cause of stop. And, and, and again, we again, we can't look at it through any other lens. I'm going to judge you because, OK, first of all, when you don't have freedom, when you don't have true freedom, you can't mm-hmm. act any kind of way. You got to act a certain type of way when you don't have freedom. Right. Right. And what I'm seeing from these young folks, man, I'm touring all around the country right now. I mean, it's even during COVID. I'm I'm just starting to get get out here amongst people. And what I'm seeing is young black folks is making little networks of their own selves together and getting Mm -hmm. money together. And so rather than you old dudes who are still working for somebody and struggling, look at these little brothers and figure out what they doing. Listen to them. Man, we are, there is an entire commerce on on the Internet that black people need to be more involved in. And I'm talking yeah. about black folks of my age. And I'm saying like, and the only way you're going to find out is if you listen to your children and your grandchildren. Right. Stop hating yourself and start loving yourself and watch how the rhythm of everything will change. I love that. And I love the the extra uh, little oomph you put right on the end of that sentence. It was, <laughs> it was beautiful. I felt like I was in church on a Sunday. It was. I love that. One of the things... Uh. That immediately jumps out when you look up the the Kanye says slavery is a choice thing is that there are a shit ton of Reddit threads that actually pop up of people justifying his statement. It's the, there are a lot of people who say it's crazy, but then there are a lot of people who are like, y'all just don't get it. And one of the Reddit threads that really jumped out to me that this kind of goes back to what you were saying in the beginning is that uh, many people were making the argument in support of Kanye saying that slavery was technically a choice because they could have just killed themselves. <laughs> that, right, 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 right. Where, where's the choice in that? <laughs> like, I yeah, know what you... I'm facing is some shit I don't know, but I also yeah. don't know. I know everybody that ever did this ain't never come back. Now, there's two ways to think about dying. You yeah. could decide, like, everything else is a plus and a negative. The one thing you could say, and I'm going to say this with great confidence, Nobody okay. ever left and came back. You dig yep. what I'm saying? Every yeah. time people leave, they be like, I'm good. I had enough of that shit. I'm over here where I am now. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dig? I ain't said I want to die. I'm not going to be as scared as anybody else. and be like, fuck it. Let's see what happens next. Prepare Okay. Yourself. So you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, so you're saying in that same position, you might have been one of these people who was like, fuck it, I'm out rather than seeing this to the end. Absolutely. If it, if it, if it felt like a logical choice, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that would be, you know what I mean? Like, but to me, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to die or if I'm going to go where I'm going, let's see what's going to happen when I go up going. I know these motherfuckers ain't going to be nice to me. They've proven that already. Sure. They beat my, they beat my knees pretty good. I, I can't imagine they're about to uh, be real cool once we get off this boat. Not at all. Not at all. And I got people around me that I want to take care of. I, I ain't gonna let. I ain't gonna leave the area. I ain't gonna. I'm gonna leave these people with these people like this. Not those of us yeah. who I know. 
Well, that I guess that that's what I struggled with, especially in that response of like, well, you could have just killed yourself. That technically is also a choice, is that it presumes this individual relationship with slavery that wasn't actually the case. Yes, individuals could have killed themselves, but that doesn't change the system. And like unless you're getting literally hundreds of millions of, of black people to basically do a collective suicide you're not solving a problem. You're just asking a bunch of individuals to opt out. And it feels like it has sort of the, the same selfish nature of the capitalism we were talking about earlier. It's like, oh, well, I got out, so you could have too. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't yes, know, sir. bro. I don't know if that's how that works. Yes, sir. And dig this. So let's say the first boatload of niggas just jumped off and said, fuck it. You know, like, because one of the most brilliant comedians of our time is Eddie Murphy, and he kind of laid it out already, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure the first nigga was like, fuck this. Yak, got that whoop on the ass. But I'm saying, like, what if they just stopped and everybody just jumped off the boat and then what you think they're going to do? The wind ain't stopped. They're going to turn their ass around, go back and get some more. So Mm -hmm. what are you actually solving? Right. This isn't a solution for all. This is a solution for self. And maybe... That's what makes all of Kanye's statements complicated for me, at least personally, is that it very much feels like a person talking for self and not necessarily a person talking for a greater good or a a, even if that is in his mind, the intention, it certainly isn't what is uh, what is being said out loud. Absolutely. People who say shit like that have never given thought to an actual viable solution. And, right. and, and and what the problem is with that is because a lot of times the actual viable solution could seem unattainable, but it's only unattainable if you allow that to be the thought. You dig? Like like mm-hmm. like when I say to you, hey, man, I know I'm and, and th- this is me being honest to my very core. I know that these people have towed up everything we ever built, but that don't mean we stop building. So let's build this. Let's let's make our own particular portion of capitalism that feeds us. Because every other part of this society is divided up by ethnic group. What do black people control? We don't really control nothing but your opportunity to get rich. You dig what I'm saying? That's what we control. We're not getting rich like we're supposed to. So I'm saying, like, if you're given that energy and given that thought process, let's build again. The one thing we got that we ain't never had before is the goddamn internet. Mm -hmm. So let's use this like we're supposed to use it. Find these young people who know how to use it. My little cousin makes soap. I'm about to start selling her soap. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? I'm finna start selling her, her, her daughter makes cakes. I'm gonna start selling her cakes. I'm saying, get in my inbox. Tell me what you sell. Give me a minute. I'm gonna get back to you. Let's fix capitalism for us. Right. That in in essence, your your goal is to apply the logic that Kanye is is saying, but remove some of the selfishness that lives in the way that he's saying it or presenting it to the world. Yes, sir. Is that a viable solution? Do this or die? That is really not a viable solution. And that's what I'm saying to you is, yes, exactly what you're saying is what I'm saying. Here's a solution that I found that is very attainable, and we don't have to worry about it working because it's worked every other time they've ever done. This is not the first slavery they had. You know what I'm saying? They would have found other people and it didn't work out. The only people it worked out with is you. You are right. your only solution. So start working with each other. Stop hating that little boy and listen to him. Everybody sure. has 
the we all let me just make this one quick point you can play a little music whatever because this is the point this is my oh wait a minute you want to talk that talk you want to really hit something okay let's do it we'll talk some talk all right i'm about to give you 30 seconds robert go crazy talk that talk racism is not just about color but it's about generations and what i'm telling you is stop generationally hating yourself and but also pick the shit that worked and use it again we know we can build communities amongst ourselves. But what is the difference? Where's the power? The power is that when people know some shit is fucked up, shit starts to function different. And I'm saying we got that. We got the entire internet. Build us some shit from this internet. And when they come to tear it down, show it on the internet again and be prepared to protect. Hey, there it is. We talking talk, baby. We talking talk. Hold on. <laughs> That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. Fucking <laughs> we talking some talk. There you go. All right, let's let's keep digging into some of this research because I think you're making a bunch of pretty valid points. One of the things that I thought was helpful, at least in considering this conversation, is the question of actual choices in regards to slavery, right? Not this theoretical thing of us being in 2021, arguing with a bunch of people who were living in 18-whatever or 16-whatever, but literally what choices did they actually have? And one of the things that I I think the, the best starting place is to remind people that the Emancipation Proclamation goes into effect January 1st, 1863. But it isn't until June 19th, that's why we have Juneteenth, 1865, that many black people in the southern states actually learn of their freedom. The word doesn't get down to them because the Internet doesn't exist. And motherfuckers ain't excited to make a phone call and be like, hey, let your slaves go. Right. (laughs) So because of that, a bunch of people do stay in servitude for almost for more than two years, basically unbeknownst to to them that they were, in fact, technically freed. But some could argue, if I'm going to be be the worst version of devil's advocate in this situation, some could argue that they are remaining in servitude, I guess, voluntarily at that point, even though technically they still get their ass whooped and uh, feet cut off if they made any attempt to leave. That's that. Well, there's that's there's that part. But let's just say this. Okay. Let's look at how they treat each other. Just look look at how Europe is treated in general. There was mm-hmm. a world war and they had a whole plan. We're going to build all this shit back. We're going to make sure people got infrastructure. We're going to make sure people got ways of eating. We're going to make And they tried that shit in America for a short while. See, that's the thing. People don't, they tell you historic terms, but they really don't tell you what they mean. Right? Mm-hmm. So during Reconstruction, the shit was working. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Motherfuckers was getting businesses. Things were happening. You cannot expect to let these people who have only known one way of living just all of a sudden turn them loose and think it's going to be all right. You, you Sure. You, you know, everybody had support here. They had colleges that supported people here when they started America. They organized for everybody and, and organized against us. Every system in America. The government, every system that the government has, and and you can tell me where I'm wrong, tell me where I'm wrong, has somehow found its way to work against you. No, I, I think I think there's there's something really honest in that. And additionally, what I'll say is that it, it reminds me of the fact that there were plenty of black people who fought on the side of the Confederacy in the Civil War 
much in the way that you're describing, it's not because they are like, yo, I just love slavery as much as they are like, this is the system I was raised in that I was brought into. This is all I know. So the idea of fighting against it and being brought into something worse or or even worse, not even having all the information to know what the better could be is essentially what they're fighting for. They're they're fighting in fear of their own lives, but then also the lives that may come as a result of, you know, the the freedom, quote unquote, on the other side. Absolutely. Dude, that's the other thing. That's the other thing about this generational divide. We also divide ourselves via education. Now, mm-hmm. I can't do everything, but I got a community of motherfuckers around me who can. Right. And so rather than like talk down about people who are educated, because some of us getting into the habit of starting to do that, like knowing shit is bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here. Right? Stupid motherfucker right? out here don't reading. Get into that. Don't fall for it. Love yourself. Look at, the, like, damn, you do this. Dude, I, I, I listen to some of your podcasts. I do. And I and when you get to this point, I'll be like so proud. I'm like, damn, that nigga educated. Look at him dancing that dance. <laughs> like, dude, nobody understand. People truly do not understand the, the level to which you can code switch denote, denotes a lot of where you get in society. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? And I'm listening to you. I'm like, yeah, that nigga is talking that talk. You dig what I'm saying? Hey man, I grew up in the suburbs, baby. This is this is how the noise comes out. You know what I mean? I can't I can't fix it much, but you know. I see I don't see any flaws in it. That's all I'm saying. I don't see any flaws in it. That's what Hell it yeah. is. Exist how we exist, baby. I like that. One of the things that that also sort of came in some of this research was I saw this this article from this dude, Douglas A. Blackman, who is not black at all. He is very, very white. But Douglas A. Blackman wrote this article that basically says that despite black people technically being made free after slavery, slavery did continue for another 80 years in what he's calling the age of neo-slavery. Now, this neo-slavery is basically when Southern lawmakers started to figure out new strategies for arresting black people. They would make up new laws, completely brand new laws. Uh, In in the article, he talks about one dude who got arrested for, quote unquote, vagrancy because he didn't have official proof that he was employed. And by not having proof that he was employed, he was arrested. He was taken to jail. He was kept in that jail. And when he couldn't pay the fines to get out of that jail, he was then sold to a private company, a coal mining company. And then that coal mining company allowed him to, quote unquote, work off his wages. But in working off his wages, they basically tied him to the inside of a coal mine and made him basically live down there for the whole of his life. While he like worked for $12 a month, which wasn't enough to ever like earn his freedom. So he was a slave. He just was a slave through the prison complex and not traditional slavery. What does that sound like to you, honestly? What does that sound like to you? It sounds yeah. like an American job. You yep. work someplace and you get just enough money to feed yourself mm-hmm. and the people around you, just enough money to get you a certain degree of okay with the situation. But never enough to really pass something down to the next one of you. Never enough to truly be independent of the system, right? Yeah. And what is that? What is that? When you hear people saying they got retirement, yes, you have retired. You have that. But what do your kids have once you're gone? Not nothing. It's yours. It's over with. Yes, you are taken care of. 
but nobody mm-hmm. else's under you is. Now, you may have some shit to leave to them, but I'm saying overall, I tell you what, if one of these Rothschilds or somebody like that with them type of names die, they're not worried about how their grandkids going to bury them. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm talking about. That, that yeah. is, So it, where is it any different than slavery? And right, I think I think it goes back to our initial conversation about like the way that wealth is distributed in this country and controlled in this country that like truly we for the most part, so many Americans exist in a way that if something bad happens, it can be detrimental to their entire existence, whereas uh, you want to find yourself in a way that, God forbid, someone in your life does pass or like something bad does happen, you can bounce back from that motherfucker rather than being trapped at the bottom of a fucking coal mine with your leg tied up being told that this is the only way you can work towards freedom. And the other thing I want to point out real quick, real quick, because this is very important and I'm glad you mentioned it. This was the law. Mm-hmm. This the government telling you. And when again, look at every metric, every gu- every law is always the same people. Law can't be just if the enforcement of it isn't just. And I know because right. I did it. I know because I did it. Yeah. You, you know why I took the job? It's because in my family, and I was doing really well. When I started, I'm a stand-up comedian by trade. Mm-hmm. When I started doing stand-up, I was doing really well in the city of Chicago. Not only was I doing well in the city of Chicago, I was doing well in my neighborhood. I got right. a hood pass, nigga. I was not, them niggas would call me Hollywood. I would come home, hanging out with Bernie Mac two or three in the morning, and motherfuckers would be like, oh, look at Hollywood. He just got back. What happened? What happened? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how can I not love these people? You see right. what I'm saying? They gave me a hood pass. As much hell as the hood gave me, it also gave me a whole lot of motherfucking strength, right? And right. so, and, and back then, I was doing really well. And my parents are worker bees. You can't tell them a job ain't the best thing. You can't tell my family. My family is working class. They're from Mississippi. If you want to take care of kids, you got to go punch a clock. All this Mm -hmm. imagination shit is for them. It ain't for you. And that is the lesson that I was taught. So I took the job. Now, even in my pain, even in, dude, it's stories that I could tell you based on who I am that changed me from that jail for the better and for the worse. Right. And I think, I think you touched on something that I think is really sort of important in this conversation of you can be both somebody who loves your people and represents your people and fights for your people while simultaneously being a part of a system that doesn't work in favor of your people and doing things sometimes that don't service the people that you you care about or wish you could do better for. And so that much in the way of the the Kanye language is sort of what we're always battling against is if I spend my entire life dedicated to my people, I could end up like Malcolm X, which is getting shot in, while I'm at my most broke. You know what I mean? Like it truly could be me going out of out of this earth with no money and a bunch of bullets in my chest. And that's a it's a complicated dance that we're being put in. And you got to figure it out for your own individual self. And in my individual self, Based on the strengths and the weaknesses that I have, my idea is to sell your shit. And I know I keep saying this. <laughs> I know I keep going back to it, baby. But that's the nobody. That's the nature of Toby Jones. That's the nature of yeah. Chicago. That's the nature of who we are as Chicago wins. Is this the situation? Then let me get some money out you. You did what I'm yeah. saying. Let's get this money from them, 
and keep circulating it amongst us. And keep yeah. it with that. There's going to be some, some commercials you're going to see me do probably that you'll be like, why that nigga do that commercial? Well, I'm telling you now. So I can have the money to keep doing your shit because sure, I got to take care of me first. Let's keep it flowing, baby. Let's let's keep the money going. And if I got to do some commercials, I'll do it. Yeah, hell yeah. I you rock did. with that. I'm doing a commercial right now for a, for a juice bar on 87th in Winchester. It's called Easy Living Juice Bar. And I went in there and I saw it was black owned. I went in there and I had some food. And while I was standing there, the brother upsold me some shit. And I tasted it and I was like, God damn, this is good as hell. And then I got in my car and I sat down and I was like, here go where it starts at. And I went back in there and I did a commercial with him. And, and the people, uh, Hannibal Bird supports me so very much. And we got the, through Isola Man Media, um, we got the first part of it done and i had a next part when i get back to chicago because i want to actually get you the opportunity to know these people who are in your community i like that i the last little i want to get to this last little bit bit of research because i think it is uh, a worthy sort of like out for us in terms of this conversation but one of the things that i discovered in some of this that i didn't know before is that some people argue that one of the first people to actually technically own a slave in america was a black man that in north america the first slave owner was a black man and you know we've heard for years that black people sold other black people into slavery there's a level of truth to that although they completely ignore how much of that was curated by white people sort of like taking advantage of what already existed it's a longer conversation but there was this dude basically his name was Anthony Joshua who was a uh, an indentured servant himself in America got his his freedom after indentured servitude, and then found a different indentured servant, John Casser, who he basically sued to get full rights of this dude. That, like, for whatever reason, he was like, this motherfucker, I gotta own him forever. And then the state allowed him to keep this dude, John Casser, forever. And then he became the first technical slave owner in America. And this is one of the things I think that people point to when they go, it's a choice because that nigga volunteered to be a slave owner and that other one allowed it to happen. I see two really fucked up tracks. Again, it's always the same shit. So what are we doing now? We talking about this dude. Why? Because they let him be the first one. Right. There's a reason for that. They yeah. didn't just let anybody be the first one. Everything they do is strategic. So let's just say that part. And then the uh-huh. other part that is truly fucked up is that you don't know this man's experiences. But what I'm hearing is Christianity. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. That's how they justify <laughs> putting you in slavery. It's sure. Christianity. So he living yeah. his best Christian life as a slave. He feel like, OK, now the law has blessed me to own another motherfucker. You did what yeah. That's incredibly fucked up. But again, all of our problems, they got us surrounded, baby. They got us surrounded culturally. They got us surrounded financially. And so all I'm saying is let's just find a way to find an oasis for just us. Yeah, I, I love that. And I do. The Christianity really hits home for me because I do think that even if you look at the principles of Christianity, it both tells you that like you can own a person depending on how you read the text. It, it, I want to be careful when we say this, because I don't think that every interpretation of the Bible tells you like slavery is tight. Go ahead, get you a slave. But there are interpretations of the Bible that do allow you to do that. But even more effective in their writing, they go If you are a slave, don't kill nobody. 
I would be wrong to fight. You can't murder nobody. And it's like, nah, nigga, if I'm a slave, that that eighth commandment, I don't know which one it is. That eighth commandment is out the window. Man. I'm killing a motherfucker. All, all authority is given to you by God per Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I, you can tell me what you want to tell me, but I know there is parts of the Bible that tells you in law, in, in Christian, biblical, Levitical, whatever the fuck law, that tells yep. you how to treat your slaves. So how is it that it ain't it ain't sanctioned by it if they telling you how if they gave you a handbook of how to treat them? Yeah, don't yes. make no sense to me. Don't make any sense. And it is very strategic. It is a system that they put into place, and it's a hundred percent a system that we will forever be fighting against because of the the powers that be that control it. 400 year head start, baby. You can't get around it. You just get caught. God damn. Well, this is a, a sad ending to this break, <laughs> but this is how we going out. I don't know. We'll be back with more Robert Hines and more My Mama Told Me. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. 
people who were in slavery wish that they had curbside service at Applebee's. Yeah, we're back here with more Robert Hines, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility <laughs> that slavery was in fact a choice, that Kanye had it all right. And I don't know that I feel good even saying that because uh, there's going to be one of you that pulls that as a quote that somehow slices, splices this up and makes this, it's Langston Kerman going, Kanye got it right. Slavery was a choice. And I don't think that's what we landed on, but we got, we got a good conversation out of it for sure. And that shit will be on Fox News. God damn. And if that's how I end up on Fox News, boy, oh boy, <laughs> is, is that not how I planned it? I thought I'd be on there being mean to somebody, not, not making Laura Ingram seem reasonable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even in that, baby, we still got the power to, again, you you to do. It doesn't matter what they do. You got nah. nothing but shields around you, baby. It'll be all yeah, right. We, we, gotta, <laughs> we got the equipment, I think, is is the way you've put it. We've got the equipment to fight if we learn how to, to use that equipment. Absolutely. Let's jump into this game. We I have a fun game planned for you. This is a brand new game specific to this episode. It's called What You Say, Kanye? Can you believe that? Can you believe we don't have a jacuzzi? It's a brand new game that that uh <laughs> that I I came up with in which I'm going to introduce to you other sort of jarring quotes from Kanye West, things that and jarring's a weighted word, exciting quotes from Kanye West that I would love for you to unpack and tell me what you think he was trying to say with the thing that he's saying. Sound good? Okay, let's go. I'm listening. I'm ready. Hell yeah. So let's start easy. This is a nice, soft, easy curve, you know, easy uh, lob that I'm going to throw your way. He said, I'm a pop enigma. I live and breathe every element in life. I rock a bespoke suit and I go to Harold's for fried chicken. It's all these things at once because as a tastemaker, I find the best of everything. Yeah. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, like, dude, I'm, uh, y'all following the shit out of me. Everything I do, y'all making a big deal about it. And that's because I could do everything. I can go have some chicken in the hood, although you probably had like a, a busload of security. But I can go have some <laughs> chicken in the hood. I understand the, the rhythm of that. And I can also do this, that, and the other because everything I do is correct. Okay. So you, when he says that, you're not thinking... This sounds like a crazy person ranting ab- about the- themselves. You're thinking, no, nah, that's uh, that's a reasonable guy talking about his How contributions. Many of us know what it's like to have that much money. Oh, I do not. I- I'll go on record saying I don't at all. Just like we know, just like we know, if you you giving people too much negativity on all four sides, what if somebody everything you ever said they agree with you? That's why you need homeboys mm-hmm. who are who always be able to put you in the guardrails. That's why you need people around you you could trust to tell you like, "Nah, nigga, you took that a little too far." You see what I'm saying? That's where. And so, when you're a billionaire in capitalism, who gonna tell you that? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You can buy three or four other niggas to tell you how great you are. Right. I got you. Okay, so this is less of us looking at it as Kanye specific and more of us spreading it out to everybody that we should all see ourselves with this sort of like exceptionalism of being all the things at once and not just being like Kanye's dope and only Kanye. That's yes. That's, that's the whole thing from the beginning. And, and I feel particularly that way. And I'm again, I feel that way about sisters. I remember when I started doing comedy, I used to hear brothers talk about how great women are on stage. And I'd be like, man, Y'all just trying to fuck. 
But these dudes was older than me. You dig what I'm saying? These dudes was older than me. These dudes was older than me. And they had been around them for years. I had just started being a man and started liking the shit that they do at the lesser level. I hadn't been with a woman for 20 years and understand every bit of why she do what she do. And mm-hmm. and, and other women in your community, you've learned why they do what they do. You dig what I'm saying? And, and what I see is perfection in the decisions that they make based on the sh- decisions that they have in front of them. So I got a specific kind of love for black women. I'm saying, I don't give a shit what you look like when you wake up. You still look good to me because you look better than anything else out there that I could ever choose. Hell yeah. Okay, let's do a different Kanye uh, <laughs> quote. Oh man, I'm getting long-winded. <laughs> okay, here's a fun one. I He says on uh, one of them, I am God's vessel, but my greatest pain in life is that I'll never be able to see myself perform live. <laughs> that's just amazingly fucked up and funny but i see why he said it again man okay being in a nightclub yeah having a bunch of people uh most of the nightclubs i work in about 300 people could fit in being in a nightclub that is sold out and you are the attraction gives you a whole different perspective on what your life's work is because when mm-hmm. you on that stage, by God, you are the leader of the group. No matter how you see yourself, that's what you are. That's the reality. And so think about what it would be like if you could feel Soldier Field. Right. I would like right. to see what you motherfuckers see, but in the live position of seeing. Okay. So that all these people who are just, uh, who, you know, you and I, we, we go and we do a night, we do a stand up spot. And we if I if I have one hundred and fifty people in there and it's packed to the brim, I'm like, damn, this was a great night. I'm on a a level. I'm on a high that that is hard to replicate some nights. Right. That uh, the next day when you ain't performing, you wish that you could go back to that feeling. You're saying that if you can fill an entire football stadium of people and get that level of high, there has to be a part of you that's like, God damn, I would love to see this show. and I I never will. (laughs) Exactly. Again, man, this is up, dude. It makes sense to me. I'm saying when I I'm saying you, you, you're making him a much more reasonable man than I, <laughs> I think uh, than most people want him to be. <laughs> Just say like I see him as what he is. This dude is brilliant. Like he may be weird, but everything has a cost. Okay. So what you experiencing in the cost is his weirdness. All right, let's let's get into one that I think uh, similarly launched a fair amount of controversy. This came out of his presidential run of 2020, where he said basically at a uh, I guess a conference he was holding some sort of it might have been his presidential announcement. But he basically said that Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had them work for other white people. Uh. <laughs> I love a deep breath after a after a Kanye quote. Go for it. There is you got a, it. a lot of shit going on in that quote because mm-hmm. there's some truth in it, but that truth discounts a lot of humanity that needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. Okay. So like when you know it's a lot of brothers out here be like, I, I ain't gonna vote. Fuck voting. I refuse to vote. What I'm gonna get from it? And honestly, they probably telling the truth because every yeah. time we vote, every time we do shit, don't nothing ever change. But. I'm not finna discount the energy of those people who have decided to fight on that front and not and not give them the the, the energy that I could give them, right? Yeah. So when you tell me Harriet Tubman didn't do whatever, now you're telling me that Harriet Tubman's energy and all her efforts didn't mean shit. 
And for me, I can't I can't acknowledge that. You can't tell me that Stacey Abram, a- Abrams ain't ain't one of the coldest motherfuckers on the planet. You can't right. convince me of that. Even if I think she's fighting in a cause that I ain't interested in putting my energy in. You see what right. I'm saying? You you cannot discount other people's experience. So at its core, the shit is super flawed. Yeah. But honestly, so- if you leave slavery from that's the whole point of the Civil War. It was not about anything that's altruistic or none shit. They wasn't about freedom or none of that shit. It was about getting that nuclear bomb they using down in the South. At one point, black people were worth more than every fucking bank in America. Right. Slaves were worth more than because they needed that labor. We about to go into some shit that they planned, the Industrial Revolution. Now, what you gonna do? Who the best motherfuckers? Who been working? Who been building shit their entire goddamn life? Right. I need some of that money. I need some of that labor. So let's set them free. It ain't yeah. never been about you. It's always been about them. Sure. Them and the money that they can sort of like pull from, from this conversation. Okay. I see what you're doing. So if nothing else, Kanye is being insightful, but also cruel and short-sighted to the people in history that at least did their best to offer us some version of what and dig uh, this freedom why does he like. do that here's why he do that because look who he around yeah oh he's around the devil that's for certain what else is he supposed to think sure. <laughs> what else he supposed to hear i'll hit you with one more and then we're gonna get out of here my, my the last one that i think is is a really fun one to walk away from especially given all the things that we've talked about he says bad taste is vulgar the world as a whole is fucking ugly and the internet too, but I'm not in the construction business. I don't understand that first part, bad is <laughs> vulgar. Because now you're giving facts to opinion. So that don't really mm-hmm. make sense to me in my logic. Um, sure. So that shit, I, I, you know, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about right there. The last part, can we hear that again? What's that last part? He says, the world as a whole is fucking ugly and the internet too, but I'm not in the construction business. That makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm serious. Tell me dude. more. That makes all the sense in the world to me. Dig. All this shit is fucked up, but I can't save everybody. You dig? Uh-huh. I'm a capitalist right now. I'm doing what capitalism calls me to do. I can make some more money. If You know what I mean? What, what, what is it that you expect a person that does what they do to do? You did what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is not my fight is not civil rights. My fight is money. Okay, if that's what you are, but then my my call back to that would be, what do you do with the money that you have? Sure. So yeah, it still it still kind of points back to a bit of selfishness. Now I ain't telling nobody how to spend their money because I ain't never had none. I don't know how I feel. So I don't know how I feel if I be sitting in a room full of money oh, like boy, oh, I can't God, wait oh, to know God, how I feel. <laughs> Uh, but I, I like to think that I'd be like, okay, how can I get this money to oh, as many people as I can get it to? Or how yeah. much, how can I get the money to make you money? What type of infrastructure I could build so that we all could start getting paid? And I'm telling you, man, that's what I love about the Chicago comedy scene right now is that there has been a amazing amount of people being integrated into the scene that were not welcome before. Right. That that it's it truly is a community and not just a uh, hierarchy of like people who are winning and people who are losing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, Robert, I think we did it. I think (laughs) we we nailed it. I don't know. This was fun. Could you tell the people at home 
where they can find you and what cool stuff you have going on? Yes, please allow me that moment. I have a comedy special that is a comedy version of everything that I just said to you. And it's called Lockdown Detroit. Please go on YouTube and check it out. I want y'all to get your eyeballs on it and then share it with somebody else. Also, uh, I got a podcast of my own that's Friday, 4 p.m. ish, because mother's never on time. But, um, because, <laughs> you know, we black. That's what we do. I'm always on sure. time. You know, that's, that's you know, I, I've fallen into that type of captivity through my slavery. You did yeah, not yeah, yeah. be on time. The white man got you trapped, Man, and now you show yes, up on time. Yes. But they never yeah. are. And the, and the name of the podcast is called The New OGs. And uh, it's myself, Bobby Hill, and Xavier Lamont. And we're on the People of Comedy Network. Check me out on TikTok and every social media, all of it. And also, dude, I, I made a new character. His name is Moby Combs. And uh, <laughs> it's called, the, the new video, the new Toby Jones-esque video is called Moby Combs, cold ass cryotherapy and cryptocurrency advisory.com. <laughs> Please check out my so my um YouTube page, robertlhines.com. We're gonna put commercials up on there. If you share these commercials to the few friends you have, I share them to the friends that I have, we can make it go viral. And I'm saying, let's just start making some money in capitalism. Hell yeah. So do all that shit. Follow Robert on all those platforms. Support the work. Moby Combs, come on. You got to do something with that. Go look at the YouTubes and, and watch his special Lockdown Detroit. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And please send us drops at mymamapod at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to I want to hear your dumbass thoughts so I can make fun of them on the mini episodes. And uh, lastly, like and subscribe. Do the thing. All right. Bye, bitch. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.